at the world with a childlike sense of wonder. It's your deepest spiritual practice to look with that sense of wonder. Just because you cannot do it now doesn't mean you will not be able to do it tomorrow. If you work hard enough and correctly, then you will be able to achieve it. So your first time teaching yoga was with one person? Yeah. Big overachiever Sarah was born at this time. Yoga is the best thing that ever happened to me. It helped me so much. You need to create a new story if you want to change something. Yes, I have not like mic drop. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> whatever makes you joyful, whatever makes your heart excited, mm -hmm. go and do that. Wait, you didn't speak German and you studied international <laughs> business in German. I think do what scares you is okay. the ultimate thing. I have goosebumps. I arrived there and I'm like, guys, I figured it out. I'm gonna. Sarinko. Yes. Thank you for being it. here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I wish I could have, I wish I would have recorded the conversation we had yesterday at the dinner table because it was one of the most blissful, beautiful mm. conversations I had in my entire life. Mm. It's like, Sara, you, you should, I know you build a yoga empire, but maybe you should start with coaching because that was, <laughs> that was really beautiful. Yeah, I think it was, it was the conversation of a friendship, you know, like two people being present with each other and just listening. Mm. Yeah. I tell you why, why I liked it so much, because I could be 100% vulnerable with you, mm. talk about my insecurities, and you wouldn't try to fix it. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that most people couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And in the past, there was like, when someone would tell me a problem, I would like, okay, let's fix it. Yeah. That's also quite the masculine thing to do. I think guys are the fixers. Okay. And girls are the, the listeners. Or it's like more of a feminine quality without necessarily being tied to a gender. But it is, I think, the common thing in relationships that a girl has a thing she just wants to be listened to. And guy being very action oriented, which is very masculine, just wants to go for the solution. And I think because of the world in general being more on the masculine side of things, very mm. proactive, very action oriented, very go-getter mm -hmm. is being celebrated. Mm -hmm. I think most of the people kind of steer towards the quick fixes of things like, okay, there's a problem, let's, let's fix it yeah. as soon as possible, however we can versus just being present with the problem mm. you know like sitting with it yeah sitting with it just like you are present with things are going fine being present when things are not going fine without the need to to run away from it or to fix it or to mute it in some way or cover it mm. so w one <laughs> thing that i'm trying to do mm. is to when when someone comes to me and says like hey i have this challenge challenge mm -hmm. i try to ask do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you advice? Yes, yes. And oftentimes, like I really enjoy just sharing it and I come up with the solutions myself. Mm -hmm. Like while speaking it out, while talking about my problems, challenges, I already know what to do. Yeah. I just want to get it out of my head and yeah. want to share it with someone. Yeah. I find it even like not, not helpful when someone tells me that oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing <laughs> that. Yeah. And so I think this is perfect starting point. Like, hey, um, when someone comes to you, ask, do you want advice or do you want me to just listen? Exactly. And sometimes people don't want your advice. 
Yeah. They just want space. You gave me that space yesterday. Yeah. Today I'm going to try <laughs> to give you space. And uh, the stage is yours. <laughs> Sarah, you did, I mean, you're obviously a good friend of mine. You built really, like, if I could, could say that, a really impressive business with your passion, which is yoga. And you really do your, your own thing. Whatever you want to do, you do it. If you want to sing, you're going to sing. And uh, maybe we can talk about this whole, yeah, your attitude, your mentality a bit later. But let's maybe start mm. with your upbringing. What do we need to know about Sarah, Sarah's childhood? Yeah, because that impacts everything, right? Right. <laughs> Um, so I, I was born in Slovakia to a loving family <laughs> of my two parents and I, I'm the firstborn child and um, my family and I think in general like the, the mentality of people in Eastern Europe, um, especially at that time when I was born in the 90s, was still impacted by, by what historically happened before by mm. occupation, by communism where people were quite worried about providing for their survival because a lot has been taken away from people. So I think that being deeply ingrained in, in the society mm. of, of Eastern Europe, of Slovakia, um, and thus also in my parents, mm. impacted me in a way that um, from very early on, it was very action-oriented, very results-oriented, very even scarcity, like there was a scarcity mindset and a fear, like some deep-seated fear of um, if you don't do, if you don't overachieve and overdeliver, you're not like it's not going to be enough, and you're not mm. going to be safe, and you're not going to be provided for. So since I was very little, I was, I was the good girl. I was the the overachiever um, because I saw it as. Uh, as an image for from my parents who wanted to provide for us and secure mm -hmm. us the best life with the best possibilities. You yes. know, when they were a little, they couldn't even travel abroad as a whole family without uh, without it being prohibited by the state. So they wanted to offer us everything there is possible. So they worked hard, mm. and it gave me the the image or the example of me needing to work hard if I want life to be good. So I think. Uh, there was a big Sarah, big overachiever Sarah was born at this time. I was always uh, good with my homeworks. I was good at school. Not necessarily saying that I was the smartest one because, for instance, my brothers, I think they are like legit smart. But I knew and I was told by my mom, if something is not working out and if you cannot do something, it's not the final destination. Mm -hmm. Just because you cannot do it now doesn't mean you will not be able to do it tomorrow. If you work hard enough and correctly, then you will be able to achieve it. So whatever obstacle there was, whether in learning, like I couldn't properly read until I was eight because just the words were mixed in my head so much. So whatever obstacle there was, I was taught to, to put extra work in to overcome that obstacle. And I was always able to overcome the obstacles. So yeah, definitely working hard and then also um, being a tennis player for like I played tennis since I was four years old until I was 16 on a competitive level and we would have practices six times a week and again like if there was an obstacle whether it was me being tired from school or me being tired in general or me just being demotivated uh, it doesn't mean that 
that you're not doing the work or the practice today. Mm. So it taught me a lot of discipline and a lot of mindset, I would say, um, mindset basics and building stones that I, until today, keep building my life upon. I remember the words of my um, tennis coach who would say, you know, like we were doing the strength training before the actual practice and after X amount of sets of sit-ups, I just didn't want to do them anymore. So I would like pretend I'm doing them without really doing them. And he <laughs> saw it and he said, when you're cheating, you're just cheating yourself, you know? And mm -hmm. like little things like this are deeply, deeply ingrained in me. Mm. Yeah, like my mom telling me that everything is achievable if you set your mind to it. My coach telling me that you cannot half-ass things and mm -hmm. then expect a proper solution. You need to put an honest work in to get an honest result. Mm. So I think that's the, that's the basic of my childhood. That is really interesting <laughs> because I had a very similar upbringing, upbringing okay. and sometimes I, you know, we share a lot. We share yeah. a lot of languages, we share a lot of characteristics um, and I could really relate because for me it was mm. exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It had, it gave me this drive. I think for you it's the same. It yeah. gave me discipline. You know, I, I mean, my, my, my family has Russian roots. And so my, my upbringing was really like rough. Mm -hmm. You have to do things. You have to. And I'm so grateful you brought this, this up, this, their backstory. Yeah. Because that's what made them as a person. That's yeah. what, that's their blueprint. Yeah. And so their advice is based on that history, yeah. which is not our present moment anymore. It's like all they you, knew. It's all they knew. So yeah. that's the advice they give you. Yeah. It's not that they, that parents try to give you advice that's horrible or that's painful. They do their very best, yeah. but their very best might not be your very best. Yeah. And you know, they give you advice like play it safe. Because back then, you couldn't just go to a different country. You couldn't just, you couldn't just even, you know, you were, if you were a farmer, you were a farmer. Mm. You couldn't just pick up your phone and say, I'm starting an online business. Yeah. Right? I'm going to go to Bali, <laughs> go to Bali <laughs> and do my own thing. Back then, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. So whenever I get advice from, you know, my parents, my family, I always take it with a grain of salt. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Thank you for your advice. This is the best advice you, you can give. Yeah. I didn't ask for advice. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that might not be the best advice for, yeah. for myself. I know how this mindset, this upbringing mm. is effective, uh, affecting me in a good way. But yeah. it also has, this, has its negative effect. Yeah. I <laughs> tend to... It's hard for me to say it's enough. Mm. Because it was never enough. Mm -hmm. Like you always had to do something. I would rarely see my parents relax. Or like my father relax. It was always do, 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 do. On Saturday mornings as a child, I had to wake up at 6 yes. a.m. Yes. You couldn't sleep in. No. Because it's like you're lazy. You're a dysfunctional member of society. Exactly. <laughs> I had to do, 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 do. And in, in the last couple of years, I was, you know, unpacking that. And like, okay, mm. what do I want to actually keep? I want to keep the drive. Yeah. But do I want to be so hard on myself? Mm. Yeah. I don't think so. Do I want to be so close-minded? Mm. I don't think so. I would like to know how is that behavior, how is that conditioning 
mm. negatively impacting you? Um, yeah, as you can guess, <laughs> and as I think you can feel, um, it is definitely a pattern that steers me towards overworking mm -hmm. and, and not appreciating what I have achieved. I think this is the, the biggest thing. So let's start with... That is really surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> that you say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, well. like, that's the biggest thing I noticed now, thanks to my current partner. Uh -huh. He pointed out we have this opposing pattern is that he celebrates immediately okay. for, you know, uh, reasons that I would not celebrate and I like whenever there is uh, an achievement or something like something that was my goal and I reached a goal it is completely normal for me to just be like huh okay good next <laughs> and that's not that's not good and yeah. I didn't even notice this pattern in myself for the longest time and then I think when you do not celebrate your goals and you don't get into, you don't bring forth, you don't allow the emotion of being proud of yourself, feeling, um, feeling achieved and uh, like you have done a good job. If you don't allow the feeling to have space in your life, I think it's going to make achieving any further goals even more and more challenging. Yes. Um, and you know how this whole law of attraction works. So um, if there is always a mindset that I hold that this was not enough and I haven't done enough. And yes, this is like a little, little achievement, but there is the next big, bigger thing. And when I achieve that, I will feel good enough. But yes. as soon as I get there, I do not feel good enough because there is yet another thing. So I think with this pattern, I am only pushing myself to work harder. Like yesterday, we talked about swimming. And oh, surfing. I love that part. <laughs> I actually sent a voice message this morning to a friend, uh -huh. quoting you and like reflecting this. What you, I mean, I'll let, I'll let you say it because you described it so beautifully. Yeah, I hope I can still remember it because it just fell out. In that me. moment, I was like, <laughs> that should be a quote. Yeah. So uh, to sum it up, yesterday we were talking about hustling, yeah. hustling hard and working hard versus not working as hard and still getting to the same destination. And I, I compared it to the analogy of swimming somewhere, paddling, mm -hmm. paddling, 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 versus just surfing down the wave. And um, I believe that there is an attitude of ease that can be brought into a work that yields the same results yes. as you would have reached if you worked your ass off 70 times. So, yeah, again, not appreciating and not celebrating brings a whole aura i think into into your like whole energy vibration into your being that this is not enough i'm not enough and um i need to work harder and if that is your mindset about yourself then that mm. is going to be your reality about yourself and um i think this is what ultimately leads towards burnout which mm -hmm. i also experience and that is the second negative um pattern or second negative consequence of uh, of overachieving um, so not really realizing or like being so disconnected I think even from your body which sounds interesting because I think I'm quite connected to my body mm -hmm. and I practice yoga for over a decade I've been teaching yoga for nearly a decade uh, so I think the connection with the body is good but then because 
from little on, I was learned and conditioned to uh, to overlook exhaustion mm-hmm. and to just get over it because mm-hmm. anything is possible if you're tired. You know, you can do it. Just and suck it up. Yeah. So I think it is good to be able to uh, have this mentality as a tool for when it serves you. You know, mind over matter. Like if you're, let's say, in a situation where you do need to get over yourself, suck it up and move on to save your life or whatever. Um, it is good to have it, but it should not be a default in your everyday life for years. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to feel miserable. Like feel that, miserable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to like. That's why we talked about it. I told you I have this voice inside my head sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the majority of the time, but sometimes I feel like, did I actually do anything today? Mm-hmm. And then I count, okay, I woke up at 5 a.m. I had three coaching sessions. I reco- recorded one podcast. I did, like, I do so many things. Yeah. I achieve so many things. Yeah. But then there's like, okay, yeah. is that enough? Mm. So what you said, consciously making an effort mm-hmm. to celebrate, mm-hmm. to appreciate, mm-hmm. and to, I think it's, I can summarize it really simple, mm-hmm. like put it into simple words. If you focus the majority of the time on what's missing, mm-hmm. you feel miserable. Mm-hmm. You feel lack. Yeah. So the goal should be probably to focus on what's already good. Yeah. In other words, be grateful for what's already there. Yeah. And then everything else is just bonus. Mm-hmm. I think often we think it's black or white, yeah. A or B. Yeah. That you, if you're happy with what, what's already there, you can't achieve things. Yeah. But that's not true. You can be grateful for what's already there yeah. and becoming more and achieving your yeah, goals. Yeah. And I think that's when you are surfing yeah. and not over-exhausting yourself and paddling. Yeah. And so I want to get there again. Yeah. When just flowing when mm. in my cl- close to my my essence mm. what? in my in my essence would be i'm doing this because i want to surf mm-hmm. surf yeah surf surf and surf I surf like and that. surf it's good yeah. i like that i like that i want to high five you now <laughs> <laughs> and not it's you told me yesterday mm. like all the things that i have achieved mm. and it was so beautiful to hear but honestly, for me, most people think I'm a really confident person, and I am, but I still have this voice inside my head that sometimes tells me, like, it's not enough. Yeah. Like, you didn't do much. Mm-hmm. And then having the awareness that this is my blueprint that I got from yeah. someone who grew up during really tough times. Yeah. And understanding that I, this is, the, like, my, my rules are probably somewhere still, if you're lazy, hmm. you're not enough, you're not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. How but do you do that in your life? Like I have, mm-hmm. for example, phone free Sundays. Mm-hmm. This is really helpful to me. When I'm not working, when I'm literally taking a day to appreciate what's already there. Yeah. Like this oh, is good, this is so good, nice. this is good. I start my coaching sessions asking my clients mm-hmm. what went really well last week. Yeah. What can you celebrate? Yeah, that's I do so that nice. also for selfish reasons yeah, yeah. because in that, uh, <laughs> if I ask someone, I'm also thinking afterwards, okay, what, was good about, what is good about my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wake up, I ask myself, what is good? I literally, it sounds a bit weird, but I talk to myself yeah. in the morning that's when I'm weird. meditating. 
Sorry. I talk to my okay. What is good about my life? Yeah. And I say the things out loud. Mm, I, I love that. I ask myself, who loves me? Yeah. Oh, that's so important. And I that's think so about important. like I think of that person. Yeah. Puts me into such a nice state. Yeah. Talking to you about it makes me realize I should do this more often, yeah. even during the day, uh -huh. not just in the morning. In the morning, I usually feel amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This podcast is relatively young and if you want to support our mission to give you access to the most extraordinary minds, to the most helpful success recipes, well, then you can do something that takes about three and a half seconds, which is to subscribe to this podcast gives us the ability to give you access to the most amazing guests. So just click on that button, helps a lot, takes three and a half seconds. Thank you so much and... I'll see you later. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. That's such a, such a nice tool that um, I think I need to practice myself more. I have a bit of a different practice. But before I jump into that, I, something came up to me while, while you were sharing and also a, a little bit before. And that is we started this discussion with a talk about childhood. And I think now it's kind of bringing me back to, to the moment of childhood because children, I think Tony Robbins said that during UPW, like they... they cry and poop themselves and pee and like throw their toys around and still they believe 100%, 1000% that they are lovable and they completely deserve all the, you know, love and care. Mm -hmm. There is no, no little baby thinking like, oh, am I good enough? Am I cute enough? Mm -hmm. No, like they are completely full of themselves, yeah. which brings the fullness um, then in turn back towards them. So I think Ultimately, the solution is to just <laughs> and become the adult and go back into the mindset of a child, which I think inherently knows its worth. And also like learning more from children and about children. Children look at everything with a sense of wonder. They're, I think they're completely present. They are the most present when they play, but also when they look around, you know, you bring them somewhere and they're like, whoa, mm. like they just took mushrooms just like <laughs> you know without uh without needing to to take any substances because that sense of wonder is always available it is available to us if we go, get beyond the noise of the mind i teach yoga and i study yoga a lot and um my teacher kostubadas he says that yoga is a tool that empower, that empowers one to overcome the obstacles of the mind for the purpose of the true self realizing its true nature and our true nature, when we look at the oldest Vedic scriptures, is Satchit Ananda, which is truth, consciousness, and bliss. So we are these blissful selves, but then we do not see that because we look at it through the lens of the mind. And when you look at something through the lens, it can be, you know, like you put on glasses and you see it closer or mm. further away, or you can see it completely distorted. Mm. Um, so we see our own selves through the lens of the mind, um, in a distortion. So if the lens gets polished through practices like your gratitude and appreciation practice or different practices, yoga offers a whole myriad of them uh, from physical yoga asana practice through mantra recitation, chanting, meditation, cleansing techniques, um, we get closer to be able to see our true self. And one more thing that came to me as we're talking about it is that um, recently I've been studying Kashmir Shaivism, which has 77 sutras um, or like little threads of wisdom. And one of them, like a lot, bunch of them talk about 
basically be like a child. But mm -hmm. one of them specifically says, look at the world with a childlike sense of wonder. Like, it's so important. It's your deepest spiritual practice to look with that sense of wonder. And I think people through psychedelics, uh, whether you know, ingested or uh, psychedelic breathwork, different practices, want to get into a sense of wonder. But it doesn't, like, it's not the only way. The sense of wonder is present. And or is available whenever you can be present like a child. So you asked me about my practices that I do. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, how can I be more present? Everything ultimately from all spiritual scriptures I read and all modern spirituality books that I read and even modern psychology books, uh, everything is about being in the present moment yes. without the clouds of the mind. So I do my, uh, I do my practice in the morning, my meditation to, to contact that self, to even get beyond the mind. And it takes time. Um, I used to have different types of meditations over my lifetime mm. from visualization of my future self, to uh, gratitude meditation or affirmations. And especially since, uh, since I had a burnout, I started to just connect with myself a little bit more without needing to stimulate any sort of specific energy, but connect uh, with, my, with my true self and take this to whatever degree this feels comfortable to you, dear listener, mm -hmm. <laughs> Axel. Um, but let's say there is a soul, which I believe that we have a soul. We can get in touch with this soul, which then is um, part of the, the larger universal consciousness. And if we can connect with that source of energy and inspiration, I think that is, that is what gives you the juice mm -hmm. so that you can surf mm. instead of struggle. So. Mm -hmm. I just try to be as much present with myself, with, with myself, beyond the noise, beyond anything. Um, and it starts during morning calibration practice, uh, when I meditate and just calibrate this type of energy. But ultimately, um, as all yogas teach us, we want to get it into everyday life. Like the true yoga is when you practice it every time, like mm -hmm. every minute, every second. Mm. That sounds challenging. Yeah. I tell you, the, I know there are many people listening who've yeah. never meditated, mm. especially men. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really want to get men into meditation mm -hmm. because it's not that the case that uh, mental health mm -hmm. is improving. Like as a, many things get better, I think we live in the best time ever. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the statistics of depression rates, mm -hmm. suicide rates, mm -hmm. it makes me really sad. Mm -hmm. So I want to find a way to speak mm. so that men start meditating. Mm. Not just men, also women. But yeah. I think especially men have a hard time yeah. to sit down yeah. and just be with themselves. Yeah. And I think it's completely understandable yes. and valid to have this fear because men are expected to, to not feel and to suck it up and to be strong. And when you sit down and meditate, there is the biggest chance that you will uncover some things. Mm 
and you have to maybe even fall apart for a moment. And I think for men to allow himself to fall apart and be vulnerable, that's a very brave thing mm. to do. So I think as a man, I, the best example you can give men and the best inspiration you can give them to meditate is to just show your vulnerability, to know that this is normal. Mm. This, is, this is normal. This is the new normal that we are creating, where men can be vulnerable. Yeah, I would also add, make it fun. And make it fun, yeah. I think people, <laughs> that's the biggest problem. Mm. When I hear someone talk about meditation or like hear about meditation, they're like, yeah, it's, I don't want to do it. I don't want to sit there, just do nothing. Yeah, okay, but that's not what meditation is necessarily about. Mm. Medita if I'm... If I understood it correctly, meditation means to become familiar with. Mm. And you can choose. Mm -hmm. You can have a meditation that's about gratitude and speak it out loud and think. It doesn't have to be, you know, you just sitting there and staring at your nose. Yeah. You know, it can be a beautiful thing. I want to make it fun. Yeah. Like it can be. Yeah. I I'm looking forward to it. I wake up and I'm like, yes, it's time to meditate. Yeah. It's the time of the day yeah. where I'm just with myself. Mm -hmm. And I think consciously good thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So having something that excites you. About exactly. It, right. Yeah. And the way you talked about the present moment, while you were talking, I saw myself playing tennis. Mm. Yeah. Pedal tennis. Yeah. I cannot think of anything else than, okay, how I'm going to hit the next ball. Yeah. Like I'm just present. Yeah. And I love it so much. Mm. Like I don't feel stressed. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't feel anxious. I'm just there. Mm -hmm. I have the same thing when I go go-karting. <laughs> you can just think about the next corner and you yeah. feel alive. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. why people love it. You mm -hmm. feel alive. Mm -hmm. So how can we make ourselves feel present during the day, every single day? I think it's a practice, honestly. I think, I think it's, you allow yourself time. Um, yes, it can happen like, it can happen suddenly. Many people have sudden moments of, awakening or call it whatever you want, but mm -hmm. moments of realization. Um, but I think ultimately it's, uh, it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong practice and whatever is your getaway drag into this, allow, uh, allow that to be your thing. If, if what helps you to be present is paddle tennis or rock climbing or go-karting or whatever it is, like do that, do that, create time for that. And I think over time, um, over time it will evolve into something. I think what turns people away from such practices as meditation is, is that there, they, they may view or see that there's so much expectation and if I'm not doing, like, if I'm not excellent yes. in meditation, it doesn't even count and I'm wasting my time. So exactly. again, it's like achievement. If you don't have thoughts, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. So just like allowing that practice to unfold naturally um, and I'm sure meditation, it wasn't for you, like one day you learned about it and you're like, okay, I'm going to meditate and it's already you feel good with it. Yeah. Like the practice evolves and I know my practice evolved with meditation for the first, I think six or eight months, I would meditate for three minutes and that was excruciating. It was so difficult for me. Mm. So, and I had visualization meditation. So, and uh, whatever tool you have, um, use it. 
So mm. maybe it is affirmation, maybe it's, maybe it's visualization of your future life that really excites you. Maybe it's paddle tennis, yeah. maybe it's running, maybe it is yoga, asana, uh, maybe it is singing. There are different, different paths towards it. And mm. um, whatever it is for you, go ahead and do that. Like there is no one specific thing you should do. Just allow mm -hmm. whatever helps you to be that thing for you. Yes, one million percent. I also give this advice when it comes to exercise, mm. because sometimes people talk about exercise and they make it sound like you need motivation. Mm. I really don't believe in motivation. Mm -hmm. I think it's dangerous to think that you need motivation to go to the gym or mm. to exercise. I think it should be fun. Mm -hmm. It should be playful. And if you don't like going to the gym, mm -hmm. like if the thought of you lifting weights is not pleasant, I don't think you should be doing it. Yeah. I think you should find something that you truly enjoy mm -hmm. and so you don't have to motivate yourself. Yeah. I can't wait to go play paddle. It's like I am so, I'm pumped. Like I want to go do this and there's yeah. so many ways to move your body to exercise and the trick is to make it fun. Yeah. And so you don't, like, I, I never have the thought, like, I really don't want to go play. Yeah. I really don't want to. Yeah. I'm like, okay, really excited to go, really excited to go to the gym mm. as well and listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have ever the, the problem that, like, oh, I don't feel motivated to do it. Yeah, I 100% agree. There's even, like, a specific... Um, path of yoga that encourages you to just follow your joy or mm. just follow your joy mm. whatever makes you joyful whatever makes your heart excited mm -hmm. go and do that mm -hmm. and that is going to lead you to the correct destination yes. it doesn't mean though i think this is a really important part you mentioned it earlier that there won't be parts mm. that are maybe not your highest excitement mm -hmm. yeah it, whether in business or in yoga or even pedal tennis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talk so much about pedal tennis. Pedal tennis. No, but like also pedal tennis, like some parts suck. Yeah. Like cleaning the court. Yeah. Okay, but you, there are parts which you maybe don't yeah. enjoy all the time, but the overall thing, I'm like yeah. really excited. Chasing the ball that's in a rice field that's full of mud, yeah. not so pleasant, but you got to do it. Yeah. So there are parts of it where discipline helps. I want to I go back to your story. Mm -hmm. So you grew, we had similar childhoods. I think yeah. it was a lot about pushing. It was a lot about discipline, working, always, all the time. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Nowadays, I, I would say, I was really surprised when you said that, that, that you, you have this as well, this like feeling of not doing enough, not being enough. Oh, yeah. Um, because I experience you as someone who's so present with me when we have a conversation. Someone who, yeah, it feels like you're, you're relaxed and calm, but it uh, might, might just be my projection. I wonder how you do it in business. Because, and I, wanna, I, I also want to learn about your story. Hmm. When did you decide to make your hobby and your passion yoga mm. into a business. Mm. How, how did that turn out? 
That turned out, it turned out well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what was, what, was, what was the thought? You grew up in yeah. Slovakia. Yeah, I grew up in Slovakia. Um, my, so first, after graduating high school, during high school, because I went to, um, we have it, like you have it also in Germany, gymnasium, like this higher, like. Yeah, I also have always. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a school. It, it's, a it's a school, <laughs> but they push you a little more, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to this type of school where they push you a little more. And then um, all of my friends were applying to different universities and fancy universities often. And I was going to first study in England. So I applied to a school. I got accepted to a school um, in London. And then just before... Um, before the summer holidays, after I got accepted and everything and declined all of the other options, I freaked out and I was like, okay, so you're going to start studying something. You don't even know you want to study. You pick this just because it sounds fancy. And um, <laughs> you're going to go to London and take on a debt that you will be then paying off for many years mm -hmm. because education in, in England is expensive, less expensive than in the US, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it is expensive nonetheless. So I canceled that school and I, um, I first wanted to just go and travel around, but my family was severely disappointed with that option. So then uh, something within me out of guilt, um, out of the need to, to please my parents, or I even felt like I owed something mm. to them because they gave me everything, like such a good environment. So why don't I use it up for something? You know, I have the potential to be a great student and then get a great mm. job. So why to throw away that? Mm. So in the end, I, I started to study in Vienna of all places. Uh, I spoke some German, not great, mm. but um, during the weeks before, I put a lot of work into learning German and it was enough for me to get accepted. Study. So I started to study in Vienna, international business, in German. And <laughs> Wait, you didn't speak German and you studied international business in German? I spoke very little German. I, I spoke just enough to, uh, yeah, to, I, like just enough to get my diploma. Like even okay. during my B2 certificate, yeah. I, I, I was copying the answers from the next person because I just did not speak well German. But I You found your way, okay. Anyway, I started to study and um, already during high school, I started to practice yoga, uh, but just as a rehabilitation technique mm -hmm. because I played tennis and my body was just destroyed by the sport. Um, so I started to practice yoga once a week and it was not a laugh at first sight. It was just an exercise mm. that was therapeutic mm. and rehabilitational to my body. Then when I moved to Vienna, I continued to practice yoga once a week. And I remember like, I was so alienated from the practice, like mm. from the true essence of the practice. I did it for the physical benefits, but not really for anything else. Um, except for one little thing, like I felt this little, um, little um, ease, let's mm. say, like little part of that practice was just complete ease and freedom because there was no achieving like you're not better in a yoga posture like the teacher doesn't tell you oh well done you know like the biggest achievement there is to just be 100 percent present and honest with yourself as you practice and nobody can really evaluate that mm -hmm. so there was no pushing no nothing i didn't know it at all because in tennis i would push hard in school i would push hard and in yoga nobody wanted anything from me 
Um, so I, I enjoyed resting in that. And then fast forward a couple years later, like three years later, I was still doing my practice. And then we had a very challenging family situation and it kind of tangled with my personal identity crisis because I, so I studied business and then my parents got me an internship at a place which was like a really nice marketing company in Slovakia. So I would start to go there and, and yeah, do my internship. And it lasted two weeks before I, I got fired slash left the place. Um, I just absolutely was not feeling it at all. Um, and then my boyfriend at the time, he told me, listen, Sarah, if you fall asleep, like you're 21, if you fall asleep for a year or two, you're not gonna miss out on anything. You know, like no, like you're not gonna yes. miss anything. So yes. just allow yourself to do whatever the hell you wanna do and and do it like- Good boyfriend. You, yeah, I know, I'm so thankful to him. <laughs> Good ex-boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, it's still like he, he was the one who empowered me to, to do more in yoga because as I was going through this challenging time of identity crisis and challenging family situation, I, I had severe insomnia, anxiety. My first panic attack started then. Mm. Um, and yoga was that one practice that anchored me in, in presence. Mm. So having that routine, I had, to, I had to create a routine for myself because I was depressed, I couldn't sleep. I was like a ghost, like a piece of vegetable just floating around. Um, and yoga was that practice that I did every morning and I, that was just the anchor. Like, okay, this is, now you're safe. So I, and then I went to, uh, to a retreat with a very inspiring teacher and there it even deepened. And I noticed that yoga is not just this therapeutic exercise that I do to bring my body back after years of playing tennis. It is your anchor in everyday life that helps you to be present. And it is something that shows you that so much more is possible. And I learned this through advanced asana practice. And if you look at my social media, it's very, like you do back bend and you do handstand and these advanced postures, because that is what initially got me very excited about yoga is that although I was not a ballerina or a gymnast, I can learn these things. I can, like it is all in my head. And my teacher at the time, she, when I couldn't do something, she would just tell me, just get out of your head. You know, like forget what you can or cannot do. Just, mm. just do it. Just forget it and, and do it. You know, stop putting yourself into a box, but like, express yourself freely and explore what can this become rather than this is what it is, you know? Mm. So yeah, that combined with uh, wise words of my boyfriend at the time uh, showed me that, wow, this is the best thing. Yoga is the best thing that ever happened to me. It helped me so much. And if I can be, in any way helpful in sharing this with more people, I will do everything to get to that place because this is the best. Mm. And from then on, it went very, very fast, I would say, because I have my discipline and determination. And I remember it was June, 2015. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I will practice yoga every single day. And I, I want to bring this to many people, so I'm gonna post on Instagram every single day. Mm. And before that, I, 
I did not use social media. I deactivated my Facebook. I was out of that world because I don't really enjoy it. Mm. Um, so I wanted to use it for a specific purpose of, yes. of sharing yoga with people. And I started to post every single day. And I knew I wanted to share it with many people, as many as I could. And I would go under hashtags and like connect with the community and like do the whole thing. Um, I started to teach immediately. Like a friend asked me, uh, he's from Venezuela, mm. Luis, shout out to Luis. He Luis. asked me, <laughs> Luis, it's like, Sarah, I saw on Instagram, like you do this yoga thing. I would like to learn it, but uh, we were students at the time. He didn't have um, work permit in Austria. So mm -hmm. like his finances were limited. Um, and he's like, could you teach me? I cannot really pay you much, but I just want to learn it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, of course, if I can share this with you, please. So I started to teach him and then another friend and another friend. And then I did my teacher training and I was very, yeah. So your first time teaching yoga was with one person. Yeah. Yeah. My first time teaching yoga was to one person. My first time teaching um, like a proper paid yoga class was also to one person. Wow. It cost 10 euros. <laughs> <laughs> How did that feel? Oh, amazing. Okay. okay. Yeah, I had that, I had that 10 euro, um, how do you? Bill? Yeah, Bill. Yeah. Shine. <laughs> I had a 10 euro bill with me for, I had it, I think I may even still have it somewhere. But I, I was like, this is the first money I earned with it. And uh, it was just the most, bizarre journey because I I decided this is what I want to do but I was still studying at the business school mm -hmm. and so I was doing my Instagram and then I got my first collaboration and I remember I arrived to a lecture at the university uh, uh, production and logistics and my friends are sitting there and like one of them has internship at a bank and like at BMW you know like very fancy and I arrived there and I'm like guys I figured it out I'm gonna teach yoga and, and they just look at me like, what? Quick one, but important one. If you enjoy this podcast, you will love our fire within retreats. We create not just retreats, but life-changing experiences, usually at very beautiful places. It's for everyone who honestly loves to grow. That's the only requirement we have during those days. You will, you will, yes, have a blast. You will meet amazing people. You will cry. You will laugh. You will jump. You will do things that you've never done before. And for sure, you will grow. It's a perfect mix between relaxation, recharging, and growing and learning new things and creating the life that you really want and that you really deserve. You will walk out of there with a big smile on your face, recharged. Usually people who come to our retreats don't use their phone during that time. It's really time for you to reflect, to create consciously the life that you want. If you would like to relax, and I mean really relax, recharge and learn life-changing tools, click the link that you will find underneath this video. You will get a special prize as a listener of this podcast. Thank you so much. And who knows, maybe I see you in Italy, in Spain, Austria, or wherever we decide to host a retreat. Now let's continue. I'm so, so grateful that you're bringing this up. It also reminds me of this Instagram post I once saw hmm. of Taylor Swift mm -hmm. playing her one of her first concerts with like three, four people watching. Yeah. And now she is 
standing in front of yeah. millions mm. and uh, not millions, but uh, I don't know, hundred thousand yeah. people. It's really hard to get a ticket. Sarah and I. <laughs> and we are gonna get. <laughs> That's a also something that we are that, that we are sharing. I love for Taylor Swift. Great. <laughs> yeah, but what this shows is mm -hmm. that you know we all started small. Yeah. One of the most common things I hear when it comes to, to business or starting your own thing, it's like, yeah, but I don't have any followers, but I don't have any clients. Yeah, yeah. we all didn't have yeah. it. Well, we started somewhere. You, the most important thing I think nowadays is that you start, it's start. with what you have yeah. and then you, that's how you build confidence. Yeah. yeah. You need experience, confidence goes up. Experience, yeah. com you, you're not gonna be, the first time when you drove a car, you know, you're really nervous. Yeah. You didn't have any experience, so very low confidence. Yeah. More experience, more confidence. So that's how you get confident. Yeah. You do it and you do it. So thank you so much for, you know. Yeah. Because nowadays you it's teach. so important. Yoga at festivals. You have I hundreds, teach hundreds of, of people. You, you have yeah. hundreds of thousands of followers. People, people only see that moment of your life. Mm. I wish I had pictures of, like, I would not. I'm very bad in behind the scenes and yeah. take you know documenting the journey which is something i would like to do more to show people that i didn't just drop like <laughs> this you know it was all part of a process and there is a quote i have always in my head it says that uh, many people or most people don't start for fear of starting small mm. and i really like what you said about like you have to start small to build up confidence and also if I, like, if my first class was not to one person, but to hundreds of people, like, my first class was very shitty compared <laughs> to, to my classes now, you know? It's like you always evolve and you need to start, you need to start somewhere and yeah. you need to allow yourself to be a beginner and, and go from there and grow through the process and, and learn, constantly learn. Mm. Yeah. Almost get comfortable with, you know, Think, sucking at it. Yeah. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And being able to say to yourself, like, okay, I, I tried and I know better now. And because I know better, I will do better next time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, also like not being angry at yourself, which mm -hmm. was also part of my process. Just um, messing up in different ways, whether on social media, because when like sometimes you share something that either offense people or it is mm. just um, out of not knowing mm -hmm. better, mm -hmm. you share something that doesn't serve in a nice way. Like, mm. um, let's say, and now it came, comes to my mind once I was doing my Instagram post with my Palo Santo, just like, you mm -hmm. know, smudging it around. And then one girl points out to me in messages, she's like, actually, um, because yoga is becoming such a such a boom nowadays uh, and spirit like modern spirituality is becoming such a boom nowadays so popular uh, indigenous cultures and rituals um, are suffering because of that like promoting for instance palo santo um, i don't think it's the best way to to do things which made me think about okay actually you know it's something that has to be imported come from very far away what was indigenous for where I come from and um, people had their herbs to cleanse mm. the space. So that was just an example of sharing something that I didn't know better, but mm. I, I shared it and um, then learned throughout the experience. So 
you know, like not being mad at yourself for doing these things, being held accountable, definitely, but not beating yourself up, like, I mean, okay. Oh, you're going to fuck up so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that was my whole week about, what, what my week was about. Mm. And then at some point, at some point, you grow so much, you get employees, yeah. and they're going to, and, uh, and they go, <laughs> you just fucked up. <laughs> she just covered her microphone. Um, and they're going to fuck up. It's like nowadays, not nowadays, as an entrepreneur, yeah. it's so important to learn how yeah. to deal with your fuck ups. Yeah. Yeah. And to be okay with screwing things up, mm. get it, learning from it, mm. doing it again, mm. doing it better. Mm -hmm. But then like. Yeah. Yeah. I think. It's almost like getting back to playing tennis. You're not gonna. You're gonna hit. You're gonna miss some. Yeah. Some hits. Yeah. But if you don't hit, you can't win. Yeah. You can't grow. You yeah. can't get better. And if you, yeah, if you don't fall, you're never learning. Exactly. In handstands, I train handstands too, and you learn how to balance on your hands or even on your feet when you were little and just learning to walk. But you learn about balance only in the moment when you start falling. Mm. You know, like you have to get to the point where you're falling, which is labeled as a wrong thing. Like, oh, I'm falling. I'm not learning a handstand. But no, actually, the fact that you're falling means that you're learning about balance. Without this, you would not even learn what you want to learn. Yeah. So my, my gymnast teacher, mm -hmm. when, I was, when I was doing CrossFit, I still do sometimes, when we learned handstand and handstand walks. Yeah. First thing she taught me mm -hmm. is how to fall. Yeah. And then get back. Yeah. up yeah like she said you're gonna fall yeah so let's learn how to fall yeah and it's not a, it's not a bad thing so yeah, exactly it's not a, not a bad thing yeah. it's gonna happen yeah no matter how good you are mm. so let's let's learn from it yeah we should rebrand the words yeah you know it's there's no failure there's no fuck up it's just learn. yeah you can't fail i remember listening to this audiobook mm. years ago on bali i remember yeah. how how i was driving on my bike and for the first time of, in my life i heard you can't fail yeah you can only, I only believe in results, mm. not in failure. Mm -hmm. So if I do something and it doesn't meet my expectations, it didn't go the way I expected it to go. Yeah. Didn't mean that I failed. It just meant those are results that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Let's learn. Let's change the approach yeah. and create better results. Mm -hmm. yep. It is not like failure is not the opposite of success. Oh, yeah. It is part of it. Oh, I love that. You can't grow. You can't make stuff happen without failing. Mm -hmm. So almost embracing it. Yes. There is this one entrepreneur. I don't know if you know her. Sarah Blakely. Mm -hmm. She's one of the first uh, self-made billionaires who like, built an empire as a woman. And um, her father would ask her every week, how did you fail this week? Yeah. And like, but not in like a bad way, but like celebrating it. Yeah. How did you fuck up this way? How did you fail? How, what did you learn? I think it's so important to, yeah, get this, that this becomes part of our blueprint. Yeah. Celebrating not just the success, which is important, mm -hmm. but also celebrating the moments yeah. when you made a mistake, yeah. you learned something and you can share it yeah. now with others. Yeah, that's... I think something you could put on a mag, like this little quote, failure is not the opposite of success, it is a part of success. Yes. So, yes, I have not, like, mic drop, I have nothing more to say. <laughs> hey, the podcast is called Success Leaves Clues. Mm -hmm. 
I think I, I, I told you my whole idea is to get insights, get your success recipes from like many, many really inspiring people. You're one of them mm. who are in my life. And one day I want to write a book, yes. share it with the world, share it with my kids. I would like to hear your success recipe. Mm -hmm. A couple of ingredients that you would like to add to this cookbook, to this recipe mm -hmm. book about, you can choose health, wealth, relationships. One thing that you would Mm -hmm. might want to add for your kids. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ship it to them. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm going to okay, mark your words. Keep you accountable. <laughs> Uncle Axel is going to be shipping things. Um, so for me, the path towards success, whether it is success in, uh, in um, career department, health department, relationships department, whatever department it is, uh, consists of two things that are equally important. Mm -hmm. One of them... I never actually try to verbalize it, um, but one of them is, has to do with vision and the other one has to do with work. Mm. So first, let's look at a vision. That would be um, what we can label as manifestation or visualization. Like you need, to, you need to be able to think beyond the limitations of your present life. Mm. Limitations not necessarily being a bad word, but your present reality yes. is very likely different than the reality that you're aspiring to get towards. So the ability to see beyond the immediate reality and be connected to that reality, that is, that is it. And you can do that through visualization. I have goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to unpack that. Yeah, let's. Wow. Okay. So if you would have to explain this to a three-year-old, mm. Well, to me, it's the same. How would you do that? I think it would be easier to explain it to a child than to an adult, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> explain yeah. it to a child. Yeah. Um, how do you, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to feel? How do you want to look tomorrow? What do you want to do? Like, mm. just ask them. And I think... What would you like to create? What would you like to create? And they tell you. I think it's going to be easier for a child than mm. to an adult, yes. honestly. I Usually, think we then come up with stories. Yeah. Why it's not possible yeah. for us. Yeah. A child tells you she wants to ride a unicorn tomorrow, you know, like mm. that's what she wants to do. Uh, so I think I a, love that part to a child. It, it would be quite easy. Explain it to an adult who has been stuck in his routine for 50 years. I think yeah. that's going to be really challenging. One million percent. Yeah. Because then this whole story comes up. Yeah. Like, I, I can't do this. I yeah. have this and I have a job and this and that. So almost letting go almost divorcing that story mm. of the past. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm opening the boxes, um, opening the doors um, and allowing there to be more space and even allowing some things to crumble down because we have these limited, we need limitations mm -hmm. to sustain us. Mm -hmm. We need a glass to keep water mm. inside of one mm -hmm. place. Otherwise it's gonna spill all, all over the place. Mm -hmm. But if it's too hard and we can never move it, then we can never move the content of those limitations. So be willing and able to let some things crumble mm -hmm. because you are building something new mm -hmm. and you cannot have two at the same time. So being okay with that. And the crumbling can look like failure, mm -hmm. right? In many, from, from some aspects, it can, look, it can look very uncomfortable, very scary, very painful. So just be willing to accept that as a part of your change. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm adding to this <laughs> recipe book. Yeah. The voice, be it goes back to what you said earlier about kids. Be willing to be open-minded. Mm. The reality or what you think what reality is might not be your reality. Mm -hmm. So what I'm writing down is divorce the old story. Mm -hmm. What you think reality is, what you think you can do. Mm -hmm. Marry <laughs> unlimited possibilities at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. If someone may... I'm, I'm trying to nail it down mm -hmm. it is really hard to hard to explain i think when you, you you're almost trapped in this story mm. you need to create a new story if mm -hmm. you want to change something mm -hmm. the easiest way that i think that i know that what worked in my life is to go spend time with people mm -hmm. outside my bubble mm -hmm. yeah inspire people who really inspire me travel because then I see oh my gosh they think so differently about this I thought this is reality yeah but it's not reality yeah. for them it's a whole different thing mm. so I, I'm not sure I mean it's your your advice what would you like to how would you to, to this part of the of the two-part recipe yeah. yeah so the, the visualization um, I think it is to be be able to get beyond the limitations of your present-day reality or like recognize what what are the limitations of your present-day reality that hold you back from being in the reality that you dream about mm. I think just recognizing what it, what is it that holds me back and um, I don't know maybe somebody is um, not feeling content with the health of their body or the health of their relationships so what holds me back hmm unhealthy eating habits or lack of exercise or um, not the right people not around the right me. people around me yeah. you know like just being very practical about the thing like what is holding me back um, and again allow, I love that allowing there to be more time and space for everything to evolve because for me everything takes time like I I realize it one day and then it takes maybe two years to integrate in my life it's like sometimes it's fast but usually it's slow so I think it will just get there and like through living life with courage and yeah I think just being courageous mm -hmm. just being courageous is the, like the biggest thing courageous to travel to get outside of your bubble to get outside of your routines do mm. what's I think do what scares you is okay. the ultimate thing do what scares yeah, you just do what scares you because what your fear is something that wants to keep you contained in mm -hmm. your in your present day reality but also through facing fear you can get on the other side mm. so recognize where are your fears what scares you and then walk towards them mm. and I think that is I going that. to take you mm. yeah. look at your fears yeah, yeah your yeah. fears trying your fears almost like an action signal yeah. it wants you to it's a good thing it's like, a good thing yeah it wants you to look at something yeah it's an action signal for something I think it's dangerous when we suppress this suppress the fear yeah. when we try to avoid it yeah usually it's like the opposite yeah. you should do the opposite you should look at it you should face it yeah what is this trying to tell me? Yeah. Mm. I, I see the, the, the red light in the, in the background. They're already pulling us out. I really enjoyed this, this conversation. I want to I wanna acknowledge you for your beautiful, beautiful work, for the lives that you're changing. Thank you. I mean, that's what you, what you do at the end of the day with your yoga videos, with your 
authenticity. You, you're one of the people who also talk about their challenges, who, who are willing to you know, be vulnerable, which takes a lot of courage. Um, and so I want to acknowledge you for that, for also being an incredible friend. You're someone, we see each other maybe two or three times per year, but every single time it's like, it feels like we, we never left. There was al there's always a connection, there's always uh, support. And I know you would be one of the people uh, I could call anytime and could talk about my challenges. And uh, I hope you know it's the case, vice, vice versa. There are a billion ways to see how yoga could change your life you have free trials we're obviously gonna add everything to the description box i highly highly recommend to people to yeah check you check your stuff out because thank it's you. it's helpful it's meaningful it's such beautiful work thank you so much axel i yeah thank you so much for letting me be here to share this and yeah i i realized many things through this conversation so what a gift. Thank you. I promised your kids to... Uh, yeah, and ship them the books. Ship, I'm, I'm going to hand deliver them. <laughs> yes, hand it over Hand to deliver yes. to your hand kids. Hand deliver. Exactly. Okay, no pressure. Right? <laughs> All right, Sarah, thank you so, so much for joining. Thank you. Um, and hopefully until very soon. Yeah. Ciao. 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 I really hope you enjoyed today's episode just as a little gift from our side, from my team, because you stayed until the end of this episode, 30 days of free fire within membership. I created the fire within membership to give you guys access to the tools that have changed my life, the lives of my clients and give you also access to a community of like-minded people. We have guided breathwork sessions, guided meditations, guided visualization practices, really tools that enable you to create the life that you deserve and that you want. And it's one of the best things we have ever created. Hundreds of people, life events, sessions that will blow your mind 30 days for free. You will find the link in the description Thank you so much and until next time.